Now it's time for our year in review look back with our good friend Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard. What a year 2013 has been. Bill, do we agree that 2013 really, really stunk? I know everyone's saying that, Michael, and I, I don't want to accuse you of just following conventional wisdom. <laughs> God knows you're, the, you're the last to do that, but I don't know. Was it really that bad? Yes. I think um, a lot of the a lot of the pretenses, the claims, the conceits of big government liberalism were really exposed in a way that at the end of 2012, after Obama won re-election, a lot of us conservatives weren't confident they would be Obamacare. Uh, such a you know uh, nightmare, and, and I think more to come on that. Uh, Obama's foreign policy so evidently now failing, which is worrisome for the country, but good in terms of a wake-up call. Uh, at the end of the year, the, they couldn't even intimidate the Duck Dynasty and and uh, and and A and E to, to, uh, in the culture war. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little more upbeat than some of my friends. Well, you mentioned foreign policy, for example. We are shocked, shocked to learn, Bill, that Syria will not be handing over the 500 million uh, pounds or whatever it was of chemical weapons on schedule. I do understand, though, that they've handed over several bags of Sudafed. Apparently, we've shut down Walter White's meth lab in Syria, but that's about the best that the uh, Kerry State Department was able to do. But don't worry, because Iran, they're certainly going to comply with you know everything, and they don't really want nuclear weapons, and they'll give them up because in return we're giving up the sanctions first, and they'll be so cheered up by that that it'll strengthen the moderates there. I mean, it really, I guess, you know, with that foreign policy, the question is, is, is the wake-up call we're all getting, uh, you know, going to happen fast enough, and will Congress be able to do things quickly enough to... Uh, avert some of the damage, a lot of the damage that the Obama administration is doing. You put together the defense cuts, the uh, pathetic retreat in Syria last August when we said we were going to act and then didn't, and now the deal with Iran, which of course still isn't a deal, six weeks after it was announced, much great fanfare, Iran continues to apparently uh, work on new centrifuges while we, uh, while the sanctions regime collapses. Uh, you put all that together, it's a dangerous world out there, and that is worrisome. I, mean, I don't mean to be clear about it, that really is worrisome. And we've got Obama's president for three years, maybe John Kerry, Secretary of State for three more years. And uh, the main task, one main task of conservatives in that, in foreign policy and defense policy areas, is going to be to try to prevent them from doing too much damage. I think in domestic policy, we can actually go on the offensive and roll back some things and, and make some real advances. I think we can do that politically. But foreign policy is the one area where, you know, you don't get to, like, uh, you know, winning election victory doesn't do any good if, if Iran goes nuclear and if all of our allies around the world totally lose confidence in us. Well, you, when you know you're looking forward to the rising force of Oman in the region to be a peacemaker, that you've really <laughs> reached a bad spot. But I want to get back to uh, to what's happening back here in the United States. There's an argument to be made that 2013 was the low point for Obamacare, and then in 2014 what happens is the money starts really flowing, gushing out, and people will be taking their health care buckets up to the spigot, and they'll be carrying away their subsidized care. And this is when it turns around, and the Democrats will be riding Obamacare to victory in 2014. What do you think, Bill? I don't think so, but I think just empirically more people are going to be hurt by Obamacare than help. That's why a lot of us are against it, after all. I mean, right, we believe that it's not going to work well, that the premium, the sticker shock is going to be there, the uh, lack of choice of hospitals and doctors is going to be there. Uh, when it kicks in for small business and big business, it's going to be very damaging. I do think conservatives need to make, continue to make the case. They can't just assume that it's going to be obvious, though, because the administration is going to mount a huge propaganda offensive. They will be individuals and families who will be helped, obviously, by the subsidies and people who didn't have insurance before who will say this is the only way we could have gotten insurance. And so uh, conservatives shouldn't be complacent about it. 
and they and they can't sort of just say, oh, fewer, you know, four million signed up instead of seven million or something. Well, that will be interesting if that's the case. But it's not a matter of the numbers who are signing up. It's a matter of the quality of health care. It's a matter of freedom. It's a matter of competition. It's a matter of long-term reform of the health care system. So I think conservatives need to really, Republicans need to be on the offensive on this issue, both in Congress and, and looking for ways to help people escape from Obamacare, and then really laying out the conservative health care reform agenda. I think that's more important than ever. I, I was debating that with some Republican friends on Capitol Hill who were saying, no, no, this isn't the time to do something controversial. This is the time to sit back and let Obamacare look bad. But I think you've got to tell the public. The public was, as you sort of intimated in your original question, you know, if, if there's no alternative, people can say, okay, I guess it's bad, not so good. I don't like the premiums, the co-pays, but, you know, better than nothing, I guess I'll just adjust to it. You've got to give them an alternative. That's key for Republicans this year. I agree with you, and uh, what's interesting is you could take the damage of Obamacare right now and morph into something that would actually work, a national uh, catastrophic care system, and then free markets for everything else, and you could actually end up in a really positive place if you have people making the case, and that's what I think is so distressing about 2013 is that as things were falling apart, how badly advocates of small government have done at making their case and when you do have someone making their case they choose awful moments like the uh, uh, pseudo filibuster by Ted Cruz bringing everything to a stop do you agree with me that no matter what the Democrats hand Republicans the Republicans will turn around and use it to beat themselves in the head I think they did a lot of that in 2013 they also spent a lot of time beating each other up I, I hope that's not the case we're all going to work obviously to look advantage to try to make sure, do our best to make sure that's not the case in 2014. And I think the key is established Republicans need to, you know, get serious about uh, being aggressive and going on the offensive and laying out an alternative and, and not sitting back and saying, gee, the economy's not great and therefore the voters are going to put us in and God forbid we touch any controversial issues, which has been sort of the establishment Republican problem for the last several years. The Tea Party has to pivot a little bit from being a, a an authentic and legitimate protest movement to a governing movement. I, 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 I was thinking about it, it's a little bit like Reagan 76 versus Reagan 1980. You know, in 76, he was a legitimate protest against both the uh, moderate Republican establishment and against the failures of big government liberalism. By 1980, he had a real governing agenda. And Ted Cruz and other leaders of the conservative wing of the Republican Party, uh, candidates out there running for senator, governors who were out there, uh, really need to, to go on the offensive with a positive conservative agenda. I think it can happen. I, mean, I think in that respect, 2013 might be the year where uh, the establishment and the Tea Party sort of shot at each other. 2014 might be the year where both sides learn something and, and get behind a conservative reform agenda. Yeah, I want to uh, set aside Obamacare for a second while we've got you and, and talk about 2013 and talk about some of your favorite stories of the year. And I just want to give you a couple to, uh, to prime the pump. I absolutely loved and am loving right now the story of the Russian ship stuck in the Antarctic ice right now. And uh, the based on the reporting this morning, Bill, there's the second ship that went to rescue them is also stuck in the ice trying to go rescue them. This is in Antarctica in the summertime when the ice is at its lowest. And, of course, they're there to prove global warming. Meanwhile, five years ago this month, Al Gore predicted that the North Pole would have no ice whatsoever. It would be completely gone. And so you have this to me, this perfect image of the left's 
arrogance and new count, you know, dedication to the counterfactual. They simply don't care what the facts are on the ground, whether it's market forces for delivering health care or whether it's the fact that we haven't had any warming on the planet since 1998. They just don't care. But eventually, just like Obama and the Obamacare fiasco and this ship full of global warming researchers and the Arctic ice, the facts eventually surround them, freeze them, and make them look like buffoons. And I think it's a great metaphor for the current standing of the uh, progressive left. Should Al Gore be, you know, renting a, taking his private plane and flying out there to help those poor people? That kind of should they believe what he said, you know? And he, he has some responsibility, I should think, to, to help them out of their predicament. It is a guy who was struck by that too, reading about it. It's a great moment. I do think that's another thing that happened in 2013. The collapse of, of global warming as a dogma uh, really accelerated in 2013. And, you know, whatever the complicated truths of um, you know, weather cycles and how much warming there might have been earlier in the 20th century, in the 20th century, and now it's been stable. Uh, no warming, what for almost two decades, I guess. Um, I do think that's that's another, another case where getting mugged by reality, people finally had to notice. But I guess the other flip side of it, this gets back to your earlier point, Michael, in a way, is people do have, a, unfortunately, a very good ability to ignore that reality, even when they've been mugged by it repeatedly. They don't. As my friend Mike Kelly put it, they don't press charges, even though they've been mugged. And so the media, I mean, they don't continue to to, to fund. They seem desperate to me, I guess. I was struck by the New York Times Benghazi piece over the weekend. I mean, that's not a confident liberalism, just pushing its narrative and saying, hey, you know, we're right about everything. That's a liberalism that's desperately trying to take one embarrassment after another, two liberal dogma, two liberal doctrines, liberal governance to take one embarrassment after another to all of us, to liberalism, and say, no, wait a second, don't believe what your own eyes, you know, showed you. Don't believe that this is just a horrible, humiliating moment for the U.S. and a victory for al-Qaeda. This was sort of a weird, complicated thing with a, and really the person to blame, some lunatic, you know, obscure guy who made some video that no one in Benghazi seems to have seen. Yeah, I agree with you. And the fact that they would uh, go back and try to rewrite the facts that they had reported themselves on Benghazi, the fact that they're willing to go so far. I mean, look, common sense tells you that when guys are moving into a build in a building in waves using military strategies to move from you know place to place and get each other's backs and then they have mortars and uh, rocket propelled grenades. That's not a movie review gone wrong. Common sense tells you that. And for the New York Times to ask us, you know, we don't have to be experts. It's not like global warming where you don't understand, you know, you know, whatever, you know, atmospheric climate versus ground temperature, blah, blah, blah. Normal people go, that's not a, a mob. That's a planned attack. And the left is standing right in our faces saying, no, it's not. No, it's not. Obamacare's working great. That wasn't a planned attack. <laughs> it's it's getting warmer. Forget the ship stuck in the ice. It doesn't matter. Just believe us. And it's America's fault. That's what strikes me about the Times account of Benghazi. It's one thing to say. I, mean, I suppose there's a genuine dispute about how much Al Qaeda thoroughly planned it, partly planned it, where Al Qaeda elements dominant in the attack, just participating in the attack. That's obviously those are issues of, of you know uh, more and less and. and I suppose reasonable, well, reasonable can, you know, are, are debating them on our website, on the Crusader website right now and elsewhere. But, and that's you know, something that the Times seems to have no great interest in looking into in detail, but they desperately want to blame. Blaming the video always struck me as one of the most striking things about 2012 and then obviously following through in 2013. They desperately want to blame America for an attack on Americans that killed Americans. They want to find an American culprit. They don't want to blame uh, the people who did it. They don't want to blame al-Qaeda. They don't want to blame elements of radical Islam. Uh, they don't want to blame the Clinton, the Obama administration and the Clinton State Department for obvious failures uh, in the run-up to the event or the night of the event. All of that 
is, is secondary. What's important is the video. That's terribly revealing, I think, about contemporary liberalism. Now, one last thing before we have to let you go, because you don't have Bill Crystal of the Weekly Standard without asking him about, of course, arts, movies, and music. You can't, you can't do that. And uh, to be, I actually thought, I thought you mentioned the Duck Dynasty thing. I think the Duck Dynasty moment is a key moment because the uh, bad guys, the people who want to end the conversation, lost. Regardless of how you feel about uh, Robertson and what he had to say. The idea of ending the conversation, saying you can't even be at the table of conversation if you disagree on the issue of same-sex relationships, that was good. And then also, to go to film, the movie Gravity was a spectacular movie that used new technology. It was very cutting-edge tech-wise, but it was also fundamentally kind of a traditional values movie of individual responsibility and sacrifice. Uh, I I thought those, the, the fact that those are kind of the highlights of the 2013 media year or entertainment year, I think, are significant. I'm going to go see Gravity, since I respect your judgment on this. And I, I don't trust all the movie reviews, but I, I'm going to... That sounds, that I, I should point saying. out to everybody who's listening that the last movie... I should get back in touch with popular The, the last culture, movie that Bill Crystal saw in the theater oblivion. was Dirty Harry, so I should point that out. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> the, the sequel wasn't as good, but I, I like the original. I actually do remember seeing that in a movie theater when it came out. It was, it was such a stunning cultural moment. Um, that was also a moment there where a movie that wasn't supposed to be a success and was obviously totally countercultural, took off on its own way. I do think the Duck Dynasty thing could turn out to have been a big moment. And, um, you know, let's hope it's the beginning of the uh, puncturing of the uh, success and of the uh, uh, credibility even of, of liberal political practice in, in 2014. Uh, you, can you give us a headline from 2014 before it happens? Look into your crystal ball. What headline will we he- read sometime next year? I think we'll we'll see uh, Republicans win the Senate in, in the elections in November 2014, and I think we will see because of the failure of Obama to do anything, uh, Israel taking action to uh, delay Iran's nuclear program. Well, and by action, you don't mean canceling their subscription to uh, Scientific American, I assume. Yeah, or and I don't mean you know sending John Kerry somewhere to have a discussion. No, I mean I mean real action, the kind that we should take as a great power. But unfortunately, after President Obama, we seem to do. Bill Crystal, Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time, and uh, thank you for uh, hanging out with us during 2013. I'm looking forward to a great 2014. It's been my pleasure, Michael. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too.